Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. It's the New Year's again! Woo! Yeah, uh, welcome welcome to the Year of the Tiger. Uh, this is a special special Lunar New Year's edition of It Could Happen Here, a podcast that is today just about... Well, it's still about sort of things falling apart and things being rebuilt, but I wanted to specifically, you know, do, 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 do a special Lunar New Year's episode and spend some time... I think talking about Chineseness and how what sort of being a part of the Chinese diaspora in sort of in the US and Canada is like and you know and how how that how that influences how we organize how we, what what we're afraid of what we're sort of proud of um and with me to talk about this we have JN who I think first time ever returning guest yeah who is it uh works with Laosan hello JN Oh, what an honor. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, thank you for coming. And we also have Jane Shi, who is a queer Chinese settler living in unceded traditional and ancestral territories in the Musqueam, Sasquamish, and Tsleil-Waututh uh, nations in what is falsely and fakely considered Canada. Um, she is a poet, writer, editor, and an organizer, and does many other cool things. Hello, Jane. Welcome, welcome to the show. 
Hello, thank you for having me. Um, just wanted to share that it's Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I <laughs> Unfortunately, I do not live up north, and so my, my pronunciations of, of tribal names are even worse than uh, they are for the tribal names that are around me, so my apologies. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> so... All right, before we get into a bunch of extremely grim stuff, I wanted to, because this is the, this, if you, you will be listening to, well, okay, unless you're listening to this on Monday night, in which case, uh, congratulations on beating time, but most of you are probably going to be listening to, listening to this on, uh, on Lunar New Year's, and so I wanted to, before, yeah, before everything gets completely dark, I wanted to know what Yuchi's favorite Chinese New Year's food is, because this is, like, Maybe my favorite holiday, and what it's basically my favorite holiday because in 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 grand Chinese tradition, it's just an excuse to eat a lot. So yeah, opening the floor up. Yeah, I think you're the expert here, Jane. So feel free to. <laughs> I am not lay, an expert. Lay down the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I am not an expert just because uh, <laughs> I fold dumplings does not mean uh, I'm an expert. But I I mean I haven't spends like lunar new year's with really that many other people in a very long time mm. so my sense of like breadth of food has really really narrowed to what is available to me um and i also have been really struggling with the dumplings that i've been making because of like carpal tunnel issues but i've been thinking a lot about jellyfish lately mm. like I keep thinking about jellyfish and I keep thinking about like the sesame anything with sesame in it yeah and like just boiled dumplings I feel like are really great for me at this particular moment yeah yeah my favorite is uh in Cantonese it's called ningo which is it's a oh, you stole mine. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's amazing, it's... right? It is yeah. Um, uh, and the way my mom used to make it all the time was like dipping it in an egg first. Oh, cool. Um, and so it, it has this kind of like eggy crust on it, which is really, mm-hmm. really awesome. And I've been making that for the past couple of years myself uh, where I am. And I can't wait to... Uh, go to the grocery store and grab some because nice. it's only available around this time. Yep. <laughs> uh, I guess they don't really produce it any other time. And uh, last time I went to visit my mom, she like loaded my suitcase full of them and I wasn't <laughs> able to eat them fast enough, unfortunately. And some of them went bad. But, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> we have a, <laughs> we, we have one in our refrigerator. Well, I think it's, I think it's, it was in the freezer. And it's now I think in the refrigerator and we're, we're all incredibly excited to cut into it on new year's. Yeah, do do you guys do the uh cuz I know so we we normally have red bean ones. I know there's like brown sugar ones or something that are like plain. Wait, I just wanted to check like is it nangal? Yeah. Or at least yeah. So like so like the the sort of like flower thing that is like shaped like a semicircle. Yeah, wait. Oh, so Yeah. I feel like there's different or in like, like an entire circle. Yeah. Yeah. We usually oh. cut them into like sh- like square strips, but I think that's just like a cooking ease of cooking thing. Yeah, and it usually comes with like a date or something on top. Yeah, yeah. When it's packaged, 
That is so interesting because I feel like the Nangal that I grew up with doesn't usually have a lot of things on it. It's kind of like sticky and kind of plain. And I'm just, this is, this is a new thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the one we usually get just has red beans in it. And then there's like the one date on the top. Oh, I don't know if you're thinking of like Tao Ningo, which is like a different type of dish um, where it's like white rice cakes. And then you, you can like, it's like saucy. And oh, then you yeah, put like different a, ingredients in it. Yeah, I think it's a different. Ours are just that they're like they're they're pretty close like to a the sweet dessert. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I'm just talking about the just regular Nengal. Like they're just like like they're 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 basically plain, but there's some red bean like stirred into the dough, and then it's just like the flat brown thing that you like fry. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is this. We've now done dessert chat. I would say, honest, honestly, much much less grim time than most of the stuff that happens on here. And you have all been now subjected to it. Uh, go eat Chinese New Year's food; it's great. Uh, yeah. So on to things that are somewhat more grim. Um, I think there's there's two big things I wanted to talk about that sort of related to like i guess chinese diaspora ness um i guess we can start with talking a bit about anti asian violence and police violence because i mean it's not like so my sort of into this is that my my someone uh okay so one of the things that's happened in the past about two years was this the huge sort of spike in anti-Asian violence. But then, you know, part of what happens politically around that was there was this huge attempt to essentially turn anti-Asian violence into, I guess, like the anti-BLM, like especially in the U.S. But I think I think this happened elsewhere too, where it, it, there was there was it didn't I don't know it 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 worked in some places and didn't work in other places. So I, I went to the University of Chicago and a few, is it a few months ago now? Maybe it was a couple, like a month or two ago, a uh, Asian a Chinese international student like got shot on campus. And this turned into a huge sort of like bring more cops on campus. They, there was this huge petition that got signed. That was the people were like asking for more security cameras and asking for more cops. And like the UCPD, like a, a couple of weeks later, just like shot a dude and so that there, there's been, I've, I've been seeing this tension a lot. And I was wondering if you two had also sort of run into similar stuff and what your thoughts were on it. Um, I mean, I feel like unfortunately with Canada, there's like this dynamic where we look to the States for news and validation in this weird way that I find really delegitimizes the unique struggles that are here that are different. Um, there are, there's a different kind of police system. There's like the um, local police, like Vancouver Police Department. Um, but then there's also the RCMP, the Royal Mountain Canadian Police, which are in other municipalities and the RCMP was created specifically um as a tool of 
settler colonialism to enforce the Indian Act, which is, um, I guess, the most succinctly way I can put it is segregation um, of indigenous peoples from settlers. And there is a lot of displacement of Black communities across Canada, but and there was also slavery in Canada, even though we like to pretend that there wasn't. And so against this background, I guess, um, and ongoing like police brutality, whether it's in Wet'suwet'en territories or just the police killing people, there's a lot of mainstream Asian Canadian and Chinese Canadian institutions that are very, very much complicit in the system. Like there is an organization, an immigrant Chinese Canadian organization in Vancouver, who one of the board members is a cop who is married to oh a, a, a uh, city councilor. And a lot of the discourse that institutions, not people themselves necessarily, but institutions create around, for example, the revitalization of Chinatown or the preservation of culture is around, oh, there's graffiti in the neighborhood. Chinatown and Vancouver is in the downtown east side, which is considered um, the poorest post, is considered the poorest post of cold in Canada. And it's like a tight knit community with a lot of indigenous peoples, black people, people in poverty struggling against the poisoning massacre, um, wherein the government is not providing um, safe supply and where the police just kind of like are everywhere, pointing guns at everyone, displacing the tent cities. And so when there is an easy, not an easy, but just like a, a demonized group of people that um, the general public doesn't know enough about. Um, if you walk through the downtown side and talk to people, you would talk to people about their experiences with residential school, their experiences with missing family members, experiences with poverty. And in the, in the broadest terms, it's like, the way that Chinatown's being gentrified, people tend to blame the poor. Um, and there's like this divide and conquer mentality within the Asian diaspora, within the Chinese diaspora specifically. And so similar to what happened with um, Michelle Go, similar to her, um, there was a South Asian elderly woman who a group of people who lived in the tent city had killed pretending to be cops when they knocked on her door. And the count, one of the city councilors um, in Vancouver was like this, we need to stop indulging in these tent cities. Um, meanwhile, there's a lot of like marginalized people in these tent cities who, who, who can't, um, who need to live there because it's COVID times and um, society has abandoned them. So it's like anti-Asian racism and violence has also 
the hate, so the so-called hate crime thing has so apparently increased. Um, and I don't think that it hasn't increased. It's just that like the way that the media, the way that the institutions within Canada is also jumping onto the police wagon, <laughs> the police, the hate crime angle, rather than learn from abolitionists, rather. Yeah, this is a long way of putting it. It's like <laughs> similar, it's similar. And I know a lot of details. Yes. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that tracks. I mean, the the targets are slightly different just based on sort of snares, but on the sort of local context. But I think that does, yeah, that tracks a lot with what we've been seeing here as, I think there, there's, a, there's another thing that, I don't know. So I, I really don't like the term, like, like because the, the, is it the Twitter hashtag? Stop Asian hate. Like, I, I hate that framing of it. As sort of hatred, not racism, but even the sort of the anti-Asian violence framing, which I've been used a lot, I think has problems because, you know, I mean, this is one of the things you were talking about. One of the things that I've seen a lot is just, you know, anytime 
like you know the, 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 there are genuine sort of racism attacks right but then there's also just like i mean one of the sort of scare things that happened here was it was like a bunch of people's like a bunch of restaurants like chinese restaurants got broken into and robbed and everyone was like well this is anti-asian violence and it's like well no like this is just theft and and there, there's there's been this sort of like collapsing of something bad happens to an asian person with specifically sort of like targeted racist attacks and i think that's been well i mean that's been a problem and there's also the secondary problem of you know who who even gets included in this in the first place like one one of the biggest things i've been frustrated about is you know the sort of the selective inclusion of south asian people like i there there was there was a, a shooting at a fedex uh facility last year by a guy who was like very much very far right kind of like pilled online guy and it killed a bunch of Sikh workers and there was never there was just nothing like no one talked about his anti-Asian violence but then you know selectively you get inclusions of Southeast Asian people when it's like it's it's like people get folded into being Asian when it's like useful to call for more police but then when it's you know not useful for that or when it's you know especially when it's working class people getting killed there's just sort of nothing and I've been I don't know I've been really frustrated by this dynamic a lot um yeah and Jane I want to know what you think about this too because I have now talked long enough about (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean you know wasn't there there was a hate crime bill that was passed in Congress right uh, and it was supposedly, quote unquote, supposed to be addressing all this, quote unquote, anti-Asian hate stuff. And, you know, the only thing it accomplished was it created like some some government organ to like oversee these efforts to address hate crimes and then more funding for the police. Right. So I think it was a, it was a very kind of direct impact. We could just see uh, how this discourse transformed into exactly what a lot of you know organizers had said would happen which is more funding for the police and not making communities safer right so um i i think the real conundrum for me and the thing that really kind of you know i spent a lot of time thinking about this and i get i get kind of frustrated is um you know whenever these these attacks happen on you know asian heritage or asian identified people um the response i mean it's it's a good-natured and it's well-meaning and I agree with it, but you know, the response is always like the, the telling folks who have been victimized or those who know them um, that more police is not the answer. Right. And, you know, I think that's true, but then I, I, I think what I'm struggling with is how to make this message resonate with those folks. Right. Cause I think there's a way that, in some ways that can alienate them even more and make them even more reaction. Right. Because that's, you know, the media has often spun that argument. Uh, they use further instances of violence to spin that argument of like, when, when people say the answer is not more cops, it doesn't make us safer. Uh, the media is able to spin that to say, look, this isn't working. Right. It's things are actually getting more dangerous. Uh, all the kind of like scaremongering tactics with, uh, crime statistics and all that stuff, which are usually false anyway. So I think that's what I'm trying to figure out now is like, you know, cause uh, in, in Chinatown, LA, where, you know, where I've done some work, there was community uh, meetings with CCD 
uh, the Chinatown uh, Committee for Equitable. Uh, oh, what's what's the D stand for? I always forget. Uh, development. Um, they had some meetings with community folks to kind of like you know hear what hear what they wanted to uh, do to address this, and they they kind of like a lot of those organizers had um, you know they're coming from that viewpoint that calling for more cops is not the answer, and so some uh, of the male I, they're from the community, but they're not they weren't part of the kind of like senior population of Chinatown, which is, you know, it's like low income seniors is, is kind of like are the folks that are being pushed out and by developers and all the gentrification happening as well. Um, some of some men were, were kind of like, okay, well, we should start a kind of like armed neighborhood watch. Um, and, you know, I think in, in some way that taps into this kind of like we protect us type of, uh, ethos, right? It's it's not relying on uh, a state or government uh, or whatever police paramilitary force. Um, but then I think the question that some folks had, I heard the second hand, was that um, you know are are these people actually from the community, and and are they actually doing this to address the needs of the folks um, who are most affected by it, right? And so I think some folks were uncomfortable with the idea that there should be these kind of like street patrols. Um, And so there's, there's just so many different ways to approach this. And I haven't, you know, I'm not laying blame on anyone, but I just haven't seen an effective way to uh, counteract that call for more police yet. That's a really good point because I feel like in when, especially um, Asian women, people who experience like various forms of sexual violence or um, street harassment, um, that sense of unsafety is amplified when we witness other people getting murdered in public spaces. And so I think in a way it's like understandable why people want to grasp for any kind of solution and and also why that kind of trauma can be weaponized or like taken advantage of immediately like just because I'm like who asked for you to be street patrols of Chinatown who decided that you make the community safer have you consulted the seniors have you (laughs) have you talked with all of the seniors uh, all of the elders to ask them like how would you feel if I did that like where is that suggestion coming from and I think that like the other argument is that like mental health resources is an alternative (laughs) to policing even though um, policing and mental health systems are very, very, very connected. Yeah. Um, Edward Wong has an article about that in Upping the Ante. And I don't know. I just think that, like, there has to be, like, a way to talk about this without invalidating each other's trauma and invalidating um, people's survival instincts as well. Because I feel like... Um, for years, uh, as someone who's done work in the anti-violence sector, it's not that I I wanted there to be more policing. It's just that, like, 
a lot of survivors might be like, hey, I actually do want to use the court system because this person is dangerous. Like, that's, uh, like, as somebody supporting a survivor, I can't just go, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Less cops, right? Like, that's that's not um, a, a compassionate response. And it's also not a compassionate response to go, hey, you're making this, like, all about yourself. And you should, like, be talking about, like, Black and Indigenous people. Like, like, like that's that's also really insensitive. So it's, like, I feel like there's a way that, there, there is like a way to talk about abolition that really needs to respect every survivor or every like community's like trauma. And it's not an easy thing because it's not like our communities have had a good way to respond to trauma. <laughs> like we haven't really, like we're still breaking the cycles of intergenerational trauma. Yeah, and I think this this kind of comes back to another sort of difficulty of this whole project because, you know, a lot of the sort of the abolitionist framework is about like tra- trans- transitioning things towards community solutions. But like, what is that? You know, like what what does that even mean when you're dealing with, you know, this, this is this is part of the problem with well, okay, you have armed self defense groups, but you know what happens when inevitably and this is this is just something that happens just you know this is this is this is the nature of security forces right is eventually you're going to get abusers in it and it's like okay well what happens then and what happens when you know like the abusers are people inside the community and and this is compounded i think by this problem of like what like what even you know the the i i think i think there's 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 a broader problem of like what Asianness is, and there's a broader, and this is this is also sort of localized problem of like what even like is the Chinese community at all? Because you're dealing with something that's incredibly fragmented. You're dealing with people who speak different languages. You're dealing with people who've been in these places for you know some people have been here for centuries. Some people who've been here like two months, and I think that makes it really difficult in a lot of ways to sort of like even even just bring together something that could be a community and i know i know it happens and i know you know there's 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 lots of different sort of like fragmented communities but but i think it makes this harder because there isn't a sort of like ready-made thing you can turn to and go okay well this is how we're going like this is the group of people and this is the sort of like social sphere and this is the community that we're going to turn to to sort of deal with this stuff there's just this kind of a bunch of amorphous different groups and then also you have the problem that like you know if you're going to talk about like political forces in Asian communities like the, the business associations are extremely powerful and you know we have different objectives than they do but they're also like extremely well organized in a way that most other sort of like Chinese groups aren't I don't know that that's 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 been where my thinking has been going on this. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Yeah, I think um, this, there's some resonance with what you're saying and the kind of dynamics that you're identifying and what I've kind of witnessed and experienced in like Hong Kong diaspora organizing, um, which I think, you know, there's a lot of overlap with that same uh, type of like, you know, small business organization type of thing that usually dominates uh, Chinatowns across North America, which is the case in LA. and. Actually, CCED spends a lot of time fighting the the small business organizations um, because they are very friendly with developers, um, and they're usually pro um, you know pro securitization and pro, uh, anti poor folks and all that kind of stuff. So there is that that element, right? Where a lot of the times, you know, you are fighting against people who might have like same heritages, for example, um, and. You know, for me personally, that's that's very much the case with Hong Kong diaspora groups, right? Because, you know, many of them are very conservative, uh, are right wing, and not only just kind of held personal beliefs, but advocate a lot for these kind of, you know, the, these policies and politicians and and all these different things that I I really can't stand and I'm aligned against. Um, and you know, I think it's a lot of folks want to take the kind of pragmatist route of like we'll work with you on things that we where we have points of unity uh otherwise we don't whereas you know i I guess some people see me as as a little bit more rigid in the sense that like i don't want to work with these folks at all because um i see them as kind of themselves as as a force that is causing more harm than good 
um, especially if with these Hong Kong diaspora groups, the, the usual mantra is like Hong Kong first, like everything that we do is, is serving Hong Kong. Um, and that you in the diaspora, that usually means kind of like nonpartisanship, lobbying Congress, all those different things. Um, and then kind of like completely ignoring or being agnostic of uh, local and domestic issues um, to oversimplify a little bit. So, you know, I think that's been on my mind a lot. I, I know your question was about Chineseness, but I guess for me, that, that kind of filters a little bit further down to like what is being a Hong Konger, right? Yeah. It's really difficult to organize with your specific quote unquote ethnic or diaspora community when the the meaning of diaspora is not a cohesive community, but yep. people's memories of home. Um, it's like a difficult thing to kind of butt, a, butt your head against because it's like you have your um, diversity, equity, inclusion framework of organizing, and then you have the every day like what 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 these frameworks can't simplify which is the tensions between your communities like i didn't grow up experiencing overt racist violence when i grew up in richmond um richmond is an extremely east asian and chinese suburb um that saw first um not first, but just like at some point, a, a wave of Hong Kong diaspora because of 1997. And then afterwards, more like mainlanders. Um, and so on the playground, somebody was like, are you from Taiwan, mainland or or Hong Kong? And that was when I was like seven. And that was my introduction to what it means to be in diaspora yeah. in this particular kind of way. And um, being like just right like in that and in, in that and and figuring yourself out within that and seeing how there is just a- an absence of community because of how like these different geopolitical experiences have like separated us um and made it more difficult um like when we filter our parents' political beliefs onto each other, <laughs> it's kind of like this awkward thing. Yeah. But, but I think that like, um, in, in trying to contend with that in the, in the present, it's sort of like, um, we have these older institutions that other people that, that the older generations have built, what new things can we build? What, things can we um because I I feel like I'm I'm really rigid too I'm like really not great at yeah talking (laughs) across the aisle and when I do it's not it's not really about anything substantive it's like hey like hi it's good to see you." you know like when you live in a place you you don't want to make like make enemies but like it's it's a really hard thing um and it's even more heartbreaking when you find out slowly that people are just taking advantage of you, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and I, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a really difficult thing to organize against when you're like, you all hate me. <laughs> Great. Love it. <laughs> this has been Naked Happen here. 
Join us for part two of this discussion tomorrow, where we go into more detail on the state of the left. In the meantime, you can find us at Happened Here Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and check out the Cool Zone for other shows that we do. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.